what's up long beach i'm your host julia goldman and you're listening to season three episode seven of artist banter a daily 49er original podcast that delves into the many manifestations of artistry within our local scene today i'm here with csu long beach alumni illustrator and multimedia artist tao viet win thank you so much tao viet for joining me on this episode yeah of course nice to meet you uh could you give an introduction to everyone yeah, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Tao V. Um, I also go by TV for sure as well. Uh, I graduated from Cal State Long Beach um, two years ago with the Bachelor of Fine Arts in illustration slash pre-production. Um, and I'm just currently doing some illustration work and multimedia stuff. Great. I think uh, for your art and everything, I see that you describe yourself as picking up a new favorite medium every other month or so. Could I hear about some of those favorite mediums that you use? So right now, I'm currently really into woodworking. I just bought a a scroll saw recently, so I've been um, just cutting away uh, my plywood and making like these uh, wooden toys Mm -hmm. um, that I'm hoping to sell in my shop soon. Cool. Uh, what what sort of like figures do you shape them into? Um, just like cute stuff, like animals, and cats mainly. I know that you do like illustration and digital uh, work and animation and three D models, right? I was curious, like going back to how artistry started. Like, which medium did it start with? Um, so when I did like my, my freshman year of college, I started off as animation, and then I switched over to pre production, thinking I would interested in like the visual development concept artists in the animation industry all that good stuff and then closer to my senior year I started getting interested into um, children's book illustrations and I was following a lot of artists on Instagram that is very well known in the children's book world Um, and that's when I kind of switched gear towards that a little bit more just because it's more my style Uh and then after that I kind of just keep branching out because there's just so many things in art that I just want to experience. So children's illustration is still something I really want to do, but then I was like, maybe I should try um, learning 3D modeling, uh, like using Blender and trying to see if I like it or not. And Mm -hmm. then just keep like jumping around with different hobbies. Um, But so far I feel like children's illustration is still something I really want to do. And then, kind of sticking to like traditional mediums, kind of exploring those things because that's really important. And yeah, so far those are my main two. Cool. Um, you said that like children's illustrations and that is it kind of fits your style. Could I hear like why? So I currently teach art and I think children are very inspiring for me and I feel like they are how we shape and mold um, them, are you know, the future generations of the world and I feel like the amount of kids that I've met so far and taught so far, they kind of teach me some things too about Mm -hmm. how they see the world. And then kids, like they bring in like just like a fresh breath of air, like in their imaginations Mm -hmm. and just testing out the boundaries of what's real and what's not. And I think that's why it's so important to show more representation as well in children's books. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I am a better visual storyteller than I am a written storyteller. And I think children's books is just the fun way to do that yeah, through illustration yeah mm-hmm. I was curious um when you're working with these different mediums how does something tactile like painting and illustration differ from something digital like uh, animation or digital art 
I think with something that is uh, more tactile, more traditional, like mistakes are inevitable. Um, mm. You can't like avoid it. Yeah. Sometimes the paint has their own mind and then it just does whatever it wants and I can't control it. Um, sometimes, I don't know, I accidentally knock things out and I can't just control Z or like double a tap on my screen like I usually do with um, Procreate and stuff. So I think being able to make that mistakes and learning how to adapt to those mistakes is how I learn to problem solve as an artist. Mm. And I think that's just very different than it is with digital because you just have these tools where if you make the mistake, you can fix it immediately. But something about traditional medium just kind of made me be a little bit more open-minded about how I execute my work. I can't just be a perfectionist with it all the time. <laughs> Artists are, I think it's more fun if you kind of like let your inner child just explore it yeah. rather than just like fix it all the time. That's exciting. I guess beyond uh, wood painting and uh, 3D models, what's like something <clears throat> unique about each of these mediums that you appreciate? I think starting off with um, digital, I would say composition wise, if you want to move things around, that's always the most easiest part. If suddenly your character has like a lopsided face, you can just fix that immediately. Mm -hmm. It's a very easy um, way to fix your work and streamline your process a little bit better. And I would say for 3D, I think it's just cool to see your work outside of the 2D form. Mm -hmm. um, seeing something that can be viewed in all angles. And personally, it's a, lot, a little bit harder uh, to do because there's a lot more functions like in blender for example it's a little bit harder to learn mm -hmm. um, but i think when you do figure it out and make something it's just really worth it especially if you add animation to it yeah and lastly with traditional mediums i think that's just where where art started right so yeah. i just feel like um there is a nostalgia of just like holding a paintbrush and painting something that is just like a blank sheet of paper and just making it with something that is a lot cheaper than these digital mediums. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I think I just prefer the traditional mediums a lot more just because you can listen to music, you can kind of zone out, and if you make a mistake, like you can just kind of go over it again or just take a new piece of paper out and yeah. make something new. It's like freeing. Yeah. I was just like curious on a different note. Um, I, I think that 3D piece you had with the pig on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. Was that digital or was it physical? Oh, that one was, um, I think I used Nomad Sculpt on my iPad. And then I went through Blender. You're right. I didn't even, yes, I didn't swipe. This This looks so <laughs> real. Thank you. I thought you had made this physically. That's crazy. Okay. Um, I was curious if you had any like just natural frustrations when you were working with these mediums. Any frustrations with them? Oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> um, I would say 3D, especially uh, Blender crashes a lot mm. and it sometimes crashes when I didn't save and that's probably one of the most frustrating parts it's like oh I just spent two hours working on this just and now rage. all my effort is gone <laughs> yeah. um and it's also very expensive because I did invest in like a really good pc for mm -hmm. it too so um the software can run smoothly but before I just had like a laptop and that crashes like every couple minutes and yeah. that was super frustrating 
So I've seen within your work, you have um, a theme of Vietnamese culture through the events that you've done with Little Saigon's Community Festival, the Bring Human Rights Home event, and the many portraits of the girls in Ao Yai's. Uh, what does this work mean to you? I think I recently brought in my Vietnamese culture into my work. I think before I kind of didn't really touch base on it. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I was avoiding it. I just didn't know how to approach it where my style and my culture can like mix well together. But I think when I discovered the style that I prefer and then trying to figure out um, adding in like festivals and decorations and that's when I can add in like the girls in Ao Yai's. And I think it's nice to see my style can work with the Vietnamese culture because mm-hmm. I feel like I see so many artists, they do it so well. And I keep thinking that mine is like a mixture of like too cute to be realistic uh, that can best represent my culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but that was how I felt before. Uh, but now I feel like it's really nice to incorporate my culture into yeah. my work. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, they really like that I'm sharing a little bit more of my culture. So I live in um, Orange County, so that's yeah. a lot of uh, Vietnamese residents and also Vietnamese uh, first gen as well. So it's nice to see that they kind of understand where I'm coming from, uh, my background, and my work yeah. uh, speaks to them, which is pretty cool now that I can um, incorporate like my culture into my work. It, it definitely um, spoke to me. Um, my mom's a Vietnamese she's an immigrant from Vietnam. And um, like the project that you did, the Near Light We Shine one that features a young Vietnamese girl, uh, Tan sitting in a classroom, you know, being like mocked for her meal. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me before too. Like I could definitely resonate with that. Um, for that piece, I wanted to hear about like your inspiration for it. Um, so I did get bullied when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I brought in like shredded pork I think oh yeah yeah um in Vietnamese it's like ruk or jabam I brought it in and then I think some girl just like looked at my food and she was like oh my god it's hairy chicken it's hairy oh. chicken um I got so embarrassed that I just like god. threw away the rest of my lunch mm-hmm. um but to be fair that is probably one of my favorite meals to yeah this day. yeah I I feel like that definitely like hurt me back then um and food is, like, really big for me. And mm. food is big in Vietnamese culture. Yeah. Like, that's, just, like, the one thing that um, makes us, like, a little bit unique. It's, like, the, the variety of our cuisines and stuff. So my mom made that for me, and I had to throw that away because I was so embarrassed. Uh, but that really traumatized me to this day, um, just, like, thinking about that. And to be honest, like, I think kids, were not as educated back then um, as they are now. Kids in general are just very mean, but I mean, it is. it takes like a little bit of a step for parents to, you know, teach kids like, oh, like everyone has different cultures, different mm-hmm. backgrounds, different food. And I learned to accept that um, it's okay. Like back then, I know I was bullied, but I think she probably didn't know mm-hmm. that it was hurtful. Which is why, like, it's really important for me to depict that in my work. It's like, I was bullied like that, but in hindsight, it's just a kid needs to be a little bit more educated. And yeah. in those children's book that they're reading, needs a little bit more representation um, mm-hmm. to kind of show that there are different, there are other cultures than just like 
um, American food and yeah. all that. Yeah, the, the title, um, what you were talking about, like education, everything, the title is based on a Vietnamese proverb, right? Yeah. So in Vietnamese, it's Gang Mực Thi Đen, Gang Đen Thi Sang. So I just took the Gang Đen Thi Sang, which is when near light we shine. I guess this proverb can be taken and can be interpreted in different ways. I just interpret it in like, if you are leading the example of educating your kids and showing representation in all forms of media, then kids moving forward won't be hurtful to other kids. Mm-hmm. And if they're closer to the light, then they can show kindness and spread kindness to others. Aww. Thanks so much for explaining that to me. Um, I wanted to ask when you were talking about um, the importance of like education and showing having representation within children's book, um, your own children's book, um, Our Animal Friends. Could you tell me about that and the story? So when I was making that book, I was teaching and that book was like an example for mm-hmm. my students because they were also making their own books. But Our Animal Friends is just animals from all over the world. So I did a lot of research, including um, what type of animal that lives in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like when I'm naming the kids, I'm also respectfully like where that country is at. I also kind of find names that are... Um, can be relevant to that the yeah. country as well. And at the end of the story, it kind of reminds us like, oh, like we need to take care of the environment, take care of the planet, so our animal friends can thrive, basically. Yeah. Uh, but in the book itself, like I wanted to represent um, as many kids as I can mm-hmm. around the world, and that was mainly my goal, but the other goal was to also say, like, oh, please protect the Earth, yeah. our planet. Yeah. Cool. What was the process of creation to publishing like? Because it's for, for a class, uh, I just did it through uh, KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing through Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, it was just a tool that anyone can self-publish and sell their books or I think anything on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, I would prefer it to be a little bit more traditional as like, you know, you go into publishing. Mm-hmm. Um like firm or agency. Yeah, firm or agency yeah. that does that for you. Um, but I mean, it was just an educational tool yeah. for my students. So that was what I use. Um, so there's like steps that are on KDP, which is pretty easy to follow. You just upload your images and then your book is made. So it's, it's pretty easy. Cool. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you, and it's kind of fitting because you're going back to school for like accounting and business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like having to navigate the business side of your art? It's definitely a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of different shop websites. Like I started from Store Envy, Etsy, and then I'm, at, I'm using Big Cartel right now. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of navigating like what is free, what fits my budget, um, what looks nice. Uh, So I definitely had to discover that like Etsy, um, even though it's free, it does kind of like help other people find your shop a lot easier Mm -hmm. than for something like Big Cartel, which I'm using right now. I have to promote. Oh, it's reliant on you. Yeah. I see. But Big Cartel, I think they have a lot more tools that you can set up, make your website more unique, mm-hmm. um, which is why I am using that instead. <clears throat> but other than that, I think the business world is a lot of not knowing if you're going to break even. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of expenses that 
you have to invest in, for example, like a really good printer, um, packaging materials, buying prints, like if you're outsourcing them, mm-hmm. um, those are all expenses that you accumulate over time. And if you're selling in markets as well, mm-hmm. um, that also accumulates like you buying the table, you buying setups and yeah. tablecloth, all that stuff. So those are the kind of things that you really can't predict. It's mm-hmm. always like, oh, you're going to put your stuff out there. Um, be brave about it. You're not sure if you're going to buy it or not. Um, but in the chance that people do buy it and yeah. you're able to um, make profit, that's really rewarding that people really support your work. Um, so I saw that your shop has recently become live again with like new and old goodies. Um, could you tell me about what's available for people to currently check out? Yeah. So for the four Aoyai girlies that I recently painted on wood, I made it into prints and they are like a gold foil prints. Um, that is also available on my shop and I have some stickers that are up there as well. And... I think I made like a relief print of, mm. um, it's called Bus Stop, and it's also up on my shop as well. So if you purchase anything from my shop, um, portion of the proceeds will be going towards like Palestinian AIDS, especially for the children. Um, and yeah. Thank you. Um, do you have like any other upcoming projects on the horizon you'd like to tell any- anyone about? So I do have a in-person market in December. Mm-hmm. So I'm busy making more products for that event right now. So I'm hopefully gearing towards like more wood products than uh, prints and stickers. But I do have some leftovers from my last shop update and also market. So that's just like a table filler at this point. But I'm hoping to make new stuff for the event. Uh, the market should be Saturday, December 16th. It should be in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, the address is 4321 Atlantic Avenue. I think the event starts around 5. Cool. Um, lastly, what sorts of advice would you like to give to fellow artists out there? Uh, my advice is to not stick to anything. Um, I think it's important to branch out and try new things. Uh, don't tunnel vision into one art style or one medium. Um, because you can easily get burnt out over time where you start to kind of hate what you're doing. It's good to go outside, travel, uh, meet new people, um, just live. Uh, That's like probably my best advice is just enjoy your life because that's where you get inspiration from. Um, If you feel that you are getting burnt out, just take a break. Thank you. Thanks so much, Talvi. Thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. If you want to hear more from Long Beach's own contributors of art and music or follow along for future conversations, check out our website, daily49er.com and our socials at daily49er. To see a collection of Talvi's work and follow along with her journey, check out her Instagram. It's at tellyv. That's T-E-L-L-Y-V-Y. She'll be posting about the market that's upcoming in December. We appreciate you being here. Take care and see you soon.